Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast episode 65 about historical places in Florida. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get more out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. And this week, we are sponsored by Etsy. Etsy is one of our favorite places to seek out original, handmade, creative designs. And did you know you can find plenty of items geared towards traveling in Florida, like the designs by our friends at Original Disnerds, or find Florida-themed prints to keep in your home year-round. Additionally, you can search for creators that live in Florida throughout uh, through their search filters. So shop unique, shop local, and see our favorites at floridatravelpod.com slash Etsy. All right, this week, we're going <laughs> to keep on the history the history track. If you listened to our last episode, we were talking about history and military museums. This week, we're going to go to those places that just embody all of the Florida history. And it doesn't get much better. There's still a lot to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we, we're, we're having discussions about how much Christina has to say. Oh. But yet, Christina wrote our Florida tip of the week, and all she wrote was pack, pack flip flops. <laughs> look, look, look. Okay, we live in Florida. You need to have flip-flops wherever you are going. I don't like flip-flops. I don't care. You got to have them. <laughs> you get out of your camper, you got to put on flip-flops. You can't keep getting in and out of a camper with sneakers on. You're going to the beach, you got to have flip-flops. Wherever you're going, you're pretty much, oh, if you're at a hotel, you need flip-flops to get to the pool. Can gotta I have wear them. slides? Sure. Okay. <laughs> but you should definitely remember that when you put on flip-flops, you still need sunscreen. Don't yes. forget your sunscreen. And put sunscreen on your feet. On your feet. They will burn. They will burn like the top of your head. Oh, man. That's and your the shoulders. Worst. <laughs> that's the worst. Don't forget your sunscreen. Christina, you put together this episode. I did. Why? Uh, why? Did I, why? <laughs> Is this because I'm talking too much lately? No, no, no. I just, I want to know why you chose historical places. Okay, look, we live in Florida. Florida is 100% a history state. There's all history. I mean, we're we were on the Atlantic Ocean invaded by historians from all over <laughs> the world. I mean, just think about it. We are one of the oldest places in the country. Right. We have the oldest city in America. Yes. And so what more could you want? History with the oldest city, pirates, all kinds of water to be invaded with ships from people who were exploring. So there I you go. Just That's want, my reason. I just wanted you to talk about your love of history, not the rest of that. <laughs> I, you, I had good reason for it with you that. You did. I mean, but you really do love history. I do love history. And, and that's what I love about you is that we can go through and discover these things. I mean, you you bring me to locations that I would never have found on my own because of your love of history. Yes. Like St. Augustine, but I didn't bring you there because you found that one. On well, your own. yeah. I mean, St. Augustine is the oldest city in Florida. And I got to talk faster because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> you don't have to speed. Listen, I can I, talk really fast. No, no, no. Okay. Talk normal. Okay. <laughs> so we, we've talked about St. Augustine countless times I mean, on this, on this podcast. And episode so episode two, episode something else we did, we did. um we yeah. mentioned it within other episodes search saint augustine you probably yeah. come up with like four or five episodes At where we least. mentioned saint augustine oldest wooden schoolhouse fountain of youth the oldest jail you just name it and it's oldest and it's in saint augustine right because it's the literally the oldest city 
in the United States. So forget linking like anything to St. Augustine. I'm just going to link our episodes, which then link everything else. There you go. <laughs> you I have to like listen that. to find the links. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't, I mean, there is so much history. But on our St. Augustine episode, I mean, we talk about the fact that it's got all of this ancient history, but it's got recent history too. And I just wanted to bring that up too, that sometimes when we're talking historical places, we could be talking about history that happened in the civil rights era, which St. Augustine has civil rights history as well. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke there. There was a sit-in uh, at one of the diners there. There is recent history. It's not just all of the ancient old stuff either. Right, right. Um, we also have done Key West episodes. Um, Key West has the... Now, is this the same... Key West Lighthouse and Keeper's Quarters that we talked about in our haunted locations. It could be. So Key West has uh, a lighthouse there, which I know we've been talking about doing a lighthouse tour through the state. Um, but their their lighthouse is historic. It was uh, opened in 1825. Um, the first keeper died in 1832, and his widow Barbara took over for the next 32 years, which was unusual because there was a female lighthouse keeper at that time. I didn't know, looking at the links you, you shared here, that, that Key West was discovered by Ponce de Leon. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it was claimed by Spain in 1513. So, I mean, we all think of this as being part of Florida, but because it's these islands that are off of the coast of Florida, they very well could have ended up with another country as Caribbean islands and not even connected to Florida. I mean, just that right there, I didn't even think of that as being something that's historical about Key West. You mentioned that I love history. Do you know, obviously, I, I know you know this, but <laughs> if you are listening, you may have heard me talk about cemeteries are one of my favorite <sighs> historical places to visit. And a lot of times, if you go to a, a cemetery that is a, a landmark cemetery, you have resources where you can go in and research the people that are in that cemetery. And you learn so much from going to cemeteries. It sounds, my husband always makes fun of me because he's like, oh, there's a dead body. My wife wants to go look. It's because I just, I love these old cemeteries and the histories that they have to offer and there's the old Key West Cemetery is no different than than anything else it's quirky history because um uh, it is Key West and so I am you know the, the the city the city itself is quirky so the old center of, of old town Key West Cemetery reveals the quirky history of this small city and its past residents um a hurricane at one point had dis had destroyed it um in the, the previous burial grounds, and the city purchased the land to establish this new cemetery in 1847. So that's the new cemetery from 1847. So the one before that was older. Which um, I think is interesting. Just, I mean, I agree with you on cemeteries. So you and I apparently need to do the cemeteries together and we can leave the guys somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, I agree. But the fact that, you know, Key West was not connected by rail or road until 1904. Right. And so the fact that it has all of this history that predates that, I think is really interesting. I mean, there was a fort, there is a fort there. Mm -hmm. um, and you can go to Fort Jefferson in the Dry Tortugas. Yeah. That it has this history. Which, of course, ties into the Henry Flagler. Right. Long before we, you know, long before the modern era, the fact that this does have that ancient history too. Like, mm -hmm. how did they get there? I mean, I know how they got there. They got there by boat, but still, it's just still astounding sometimes as to 
how they find these places. And we've mentioned this kind of stuff before, but of course, Key West has a historical walking tour. And I always advise doing those tours because you learn so much from the person who's leading the tour who knows so much more about the area that you would not normally find out unless you were on a tour. Right. So I'm going to put a link in there for you to do historical walking tours in Key West and see all the great history that's involved in that town. So much to do. And who, and who knew? Who knew right? Key West was so historical? Right, right. Well, I mean, and quirky. And quirky. You got you to gotta get one of those pamphlets and go through that graveyard. I really want to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, and you can go back to our episode 54 where we talk a lot more about some of the quirkiness in, of in Key, Key West. West yeah. Yes. <laughs> So I, um, we can't talk about Florida without talking about one of the battlefields. Right. The Dade Battlefield. Dade City is sort of in the middle of nowhere. I grew up not far from, from Dade City. Um, it was established in 1921 to preserve and commemorate the site of the Dade's, ba- Dade's Battle of 1835, a momentous event that spawned the longest and most costly American Indian War oh. in U.S. history. So I've actually been here because, I, like I said, I grew up in that area. It's a national landmark, and it is definitely something that that community is vested in. And they do reenactments there, too, so it's something worth looking at. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is, okay, I have seen this, you know, it is part of the Florida State Park system, which, yep. again, our Florida State Parks are absolutely incredible, and the fact that they have the Dade Battlefield Historic Park. Mm-hmm where those reenactments take place. Yep. And and it's a, I mean, being a state park, of course, you get all the picnics and hiking and all that stuff. So it's sort of an all-encompassing day trip and and it's a, it's a great place. I love it there. Very pretty. Okay. So Henry B. Plant Museum in Plant City. Henry B. Plant is like a, the staple of that area. It is. This is on University of Tampa's campus. The Plant Museum. I'm surprised you didn't put this into our museum episode. Um, It educates (laughs) visitors on the Gilded Age of Tourism. No, Gilded Age Tourism with artifacts collected from around the world. It was built in 1891. This Moorish Revival Architectural served as a resort for the wealthy and elite, which is a lot of these resort towns long before... Yeah, long before Disney came to Florida, we had these, you know, wealthy elite resort towns. I love this the building though. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's it is. It looks like something out of It's like Gatsby style. Yeah, but even something out of like Casablanca and Morocco. It's just got that gorgeous um Well, and if you've ever been to University of Tampa, you see that all over their campus. Right. And the elite and and so this was a, a resort, um, but it's now a national historic landmark. And mm-hmm. unlike most museums dedicated to lifestyles of the pal- past it contains the actual furnishings enjoyed by first guests to visit here yep which is really cool because you usually just go see oh this is what it would have looked like but that is actually what they looked like exactly <laughs> um okay so spanish colonial pencil and now if you notice all of the history of florida relates to spanish like the spanish american war it's spanish history because we spanish were the ones who came over here and that's how that all started right so, which makes sense um Spanish colonial Pen- Pensacola. So um, Pensacola is an extremely historic area. Just, you know, it just is. And we mentioned that in the last episode with our... <laughs> our <laughs> well, I think I think what's neat is that the north part of Florida really feels still like part of the south. 
right? Yes. I don't think of Florida as being your quote unquote South in that, you know, once you get to, to Miami is nowhere near like, you know, what the Georgia and Carolinas feel like, but North Florida feels more Southern. Right. And so you have that Southern history, you have that civil war history, you have revolutionary war history. And of course you have Spanish colonial history. Which um, in the last episode, we talked about this, and I know you like when I say it, the T.T. Wentworth Jr. Florida State Museum. It's a lot of history. <laughs> it includes the City of Five Flags exhibit, um, his, historic Pensacola Village, um, University of West Florida, which you right. talked about because it's an archaeology institute. Um, Fort Broncos. We, we talked about that one on a, uh, our road, one of our, our road, road trips. trips yeah. Episodes. Yep. Um, Presidio, Santa Maria, that, um, let's see. That there one, are missions in that yeah. area too. So if you go along that, that I-10 route, you can find archeological, you can find missions, you can find civil war history. That one I think is really cool because it was from 1698 era. Look how early that is. Oh, no kidding. Right. And, um, and of course there's a lot of Navy history to be had there. Right. So again, you're covering hundreds and hundreds of years of, um, you know, first peoples of Florida, Spanish occupation of Florida, military occupation of Florida. Pensacola is in its, in and of itself, just a historic town. I mean, I don't, I think we overlook that because we think of it as a beach town. Yeah. And I mean, and it's that too. So you can go to the beach, but you can learn a lot in a trip to Pensacola as well. Have you seen the Coral Castle Museum? I have. <laughs> I love that you included this as history. This is one of those weird and wacky histories. It is. It's like, it's like our version of the, um, the, what do you call it? The, I've been there. The, the, the Stonehenge. <laughs> okay. I Built by would one not man. put that as our version of Stonehenge. Maybe as, I would put it as our version of Hearst Castle. But. Well, it's because he it was built by Edward, I can't say his last name, Leeds Scalman from 1923 to 1951. He single-handedly and secretly carved over 1,100 <laughs> tons of coral rock. And his unknown process has created one of the world's most mysterious accomplishments. Now, this place has um, audio stands with narration available, all the languages, uh, knowledgeable guides can conduct tours. Um, I believe you need to make a reservation for tours there. So if you're going to go there, you make sure to check in and make an appointment for um, for a tour. But they also have the audio tours, too. So they have a nine-ton gate that moves with just the touch of a finger, a Polaris telescope, and functioning rocking chairs all made of stone. All made of stone. I mean, okay, so I, I see where you're going with, with Stonehenge see? here. And there are I sculptures. Silly. I was more thinking of the fact that this was all being secretly built for, I mean, for 30 years. Because it was one person. For 30 years, yeah. though. I mean, and no one knew about this for 30 years. Right? Like, what did he do? Sit there with a chisel and a hammer and just be like, clink, 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 <laughs> plop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But that's why I likened it to Hearst Castle, which was, you know, was never finished and is in constantly construction. So now the next one is like an expertise that you have for Dry Tortugas National Park. I have an expertise. We talked about this before. Tortugas? Yeah, because okay. it's a national. You love the 
national parks. I do love the national parks. I um, Dry Tortugas is really a neat national park because it's you, like an island. It looks like it, a it looks it like a jail. An <laughs> it, well, it is an island. I mean, it literally is a fort that is built on its own singular island. You can only get there by boat or seaplane if you so desire. Um, it it's a is, really cool looking place because it it's like the fort surrounds the edge of the island, and that's all it is is like a giant circle fort on an island and that's it two three four five six sided six sides hexagon no yes yes <laughs> yes it's a hexagonal shape you can only get there uh you can is this the one where you can spend the night yes you can camp so you can camp nearby again you have to get these reservations and plan way ahead of time and this is the epitome of boondock type camping oh yeah you're not it's, gonna have it's any, tent camping I yeah mean, it's not like you're gonna drive your rv over there so it is tent camping you can snorkel um, dive swim yeah this boat. is it's such an extreme extraordinary place though too it's one of the nation's largest 19th century forts uh and the fact that we did build this off of the keys like i said you know the fact that the keys really are connected to florida now that i think about it it really does astound me that those didn't end up being a spanish island or a dutch island or an english island instead there are islands, there are these beautiful tropical islands, and you can visit some history at the Dry Tortugas National Park. I haven't gone yet. Have you? No. Okay. That's on my list for when we talk later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, Tanya, I know that you have experienced issues when you are traveling. We both travel a lot, but you've experienced some big issues that you have actually needed to use travel insurance for. I have used travel insurance on three different occasions, both for hurricane-related and medical evacuation-related. And, you know, I used to think that travel insurance was just for flying overseas or these big, massive trips, but really, they're great for domestic trips as well. So do you have a travel insurance that you would recommend? I do. AXA is my go-to travel insurance because they are the number one insurance brand for 10 consecutive years. They cover things like those medical evacuations. They also cover baggage loss, trip interruption, trip cancellation, and like, so what happens if you're in an area, especially in Florida, let's say a hurricane is coming through and everyone has to get out. Like what happens? Will they cover that if you have to suddenly leave? It's unexpected and it's nature related. Absolutely. A lot of these do cover those natural disaster related evacuations. And that helps cover things like your hotels, maybe your meals on your road. Uh, they might reimburse you for things that you've paid for that you're not getting back from the attraction itself. I would highly recommend using travel insurance anytime you are visiting the Sunshine State. Can you, can you figure out how much it's going to cost? Is it easy to figure that out? You're right. They have a no obligation quote and you can go to floridatravelpod.com slash AXA to get started today. Fort Mose. Yep. Where is Fort Mose? So Fort, oh my goodness, hold on. Oh, okay. Um, I got to click on I this. should never ask you these questions unless they're in the show notes. Yeah, and, and nine times out of ten, we put the location, and then when we don't, we're like, where did you find that place? Right, exactly. Um, it's in St. Augustine. Oh, okay. Oh, so I've been there. This To Fort Mose. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this one is the historic now that site. I say that. <laughs> it's a, it, this was a free slave settlement. Yes, yes, I have been there. <laughs> 
Yeah, 40 acre waterfront historic site. Um, and there's so the many educational opportunities available, particularly for visit, visitors interested in history and wildlife. Um, but also the, you know, the fact that it was a, a slave settlement is offering you tour opportunities and history opportunities. Um, and, and the thing is, is like, there's a lot of slave history in Florida. I right. mean, unfortunately, but fortunately for us to be able to learn the history that we, you know, that, that we, is some of it's preserved. Preserved. Too, yeah. I and think that, is, is what is important. Um, you know, what is the fortunate important part of, for us is that we can learn about it. I like this first Saturday monthly militia muster experience musket firing demonstrations demonstrations as the Fort Mose militia trains for battle park visitors can witness the weapon demonstrations including musket firing yeah and the thing is is it's important that they have that kind of stuff because there's not really any structures left around that place no there's not that's what I remember too it does have a great education center and I would go I mean these are those things are what teach you the history those those um events that they have where you can the historic weapons practicing the firing drills they are dressed in you know appropriate 18th century garments Mm -hmm. here too and i mean we're talking this was 18th century so we're talking revolutionary war style and i as i recall too the kids can participate in the militia training oh can they shoot the muskets too i don't know that they shoot the muskets but i know they can participate as far as like what it looks like sort of like a day in the life of militia of the time and i know over the last two years a lot of these reenactments and that have been kind of paused it's great to see that they do have this on their website that it is the first saturday every month that that they do this and so that you can get that in interactive interpretive history Mm -hmm. as well that I think is so important so I'm glad to see that these are coming back and for educators like myself who did a lot of unschooling that's how we did all of our educating so it's great that it's back and living history is a great way to do education it's a great way to learn about your state but it's also you know fantastic for the kids to learn all of these things when they see it in person it sticks we're going to move on to Ybor City, which perhaps is one of um, one of the top five historic cities in Florida. Um, if you are a history buff, you need to visit Ybor City, um, which it's funny because Ybor City's history falls in cigars. I know. Tell me why it's it's one of the most historic cities. Um, well, I I, <laughs> I guess because of the cigars. Like, well, it's, yeah. It, Go ahead. You have something I don't. No, I don't. I was I was wondering how you determined or how you found that. I mean, I think of Ybor it's, City. I think of it the, as these. You're talking you know, old Cuban history. Right. Really. Which is really fascinating when you think about the fact that, you know, we talked about Little Havana and, and Cuban history back on episode 57. But the fact that it didn't just stay there in the Tampa area or in the Miami Miami area, area. you know, Ybor City is, you know, within the Tampa area. And I, and it's not like, I'm not saying it's old. I'm just saying it's, it's, there's a lot of history, historic buildings and such. It is old. It's over a hundred years old. Right. But it's just got this, it's like the, why, why cigar is there? Why, like, how did that happen? And, and, in Emor City, that that cigars were like rooted in their history. And we're going to have to take a cigar tour. Then, they, yeah, they have. You have to take a cigar tour. Um, no smoking required on the cigar industry walking tour that starts in Ebor City and includes peeks inside the 19th century cigar makers' house, a, a labor temple, um, an opulent Don the Don Vicente Inn. 
is it Vicente? Um, and the tour makes the world record holder for the longest rolled cigar of 196 feet. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time in, uh, it's a, there's a book, Once Upon a Time in Tampa, The Rise and Fall of the Cigar Industry. That's, in, I mean, so again, here's history that we didn't necessarily, that isn't as it's rich it's culture. Not as well it's, known, no. Like I said, you 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 know that there's Cuban history in Miami. Some of us know that there's Cuban history in Ybor City, but I think it's not as widely known nope. that Ybor City was so important. It really is to all of this. You have to go there to see it to see what I'm talking about. There's the Ferlita Bakery Building in mm, the Ybor bakery. City Museum. <laughs> yep. Um, that's, that is a solid overview of Ybor's history, starting with the Spanish immigrant and cigar magnate. Don Vicente Mar- Martinez Ebor. So there you go. Oh, so Ebor is is his name. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's the the well, it's hi- one of his names. There's four well, of them. Okay, yeah, but he, it was founded in 1886. So when you say yeah, this is I mean significant history. I if I'm not mistaken, and please someone if I am mistaken, I haven't. This was just popped into my head. I remember that the Columbia restaurant started making their Cuban sandwiches, I want to say in this same area, I'm going to have to look this up, but this, I, I, I didn't research this ahead of time, um, um, but they did this for the factory workers. Oh. And so the Columbia restaurant is one of the oldest restaurants in Florida. It's been the same family owned since 1905. Um, yeah, they, they started in a corner saloon from Tampa, right around the corner from Tampa's Ebor city. Um, there's now several locations throughout Florida. Um, they have locations in their original location in Ebor City. I've been to the one in Sarasota and St. Augustine. There's also a location in um, Celebration in the Orlando area in Clearwater. But they in sell, you know, them, Columbia Restaurant is one of the oldest restaurants in Florida and still one of the same, I want to say sixth generation, one of the fewest sixth generation owned family restaurants in the nation. But now you see why I say Ebor is so historic. Right. Um, and be sure if you do the Ebor City Museum that you do the self-guided historic walking tour because mm. you know how I like to point those out. <laughs> and then go have one of the best Cuban sandwiches. At the Columbia Restaurant. At the Columbia Restaurant. These restaurants too are absolutely stunning have you been inside one no oh they're gorgeous they're gorgeous they're ornate they're very period looking they're very period looking i mean you're talking um gorgeous tile floors and ornate woodworking chandeliers chandeliers stunning paintings throughout yeah i mean you talk about i i i didn't even think to think of historic restaurants when we were talking historic places. Well, but that's this, another episode right there. Right, exactly. I'll this do is, that one too. Listen, and <laughs> I learned this from doing a food tour in Sarasota. I learned about the Columbia restaurant. So when we say that those tours, especially even food tours, have something to teach you, there you go. So we're going to go back down to Key West again for some more um, state park, Fort Zachary Taylor Historic State Park. Now, this one is connected right to Key West. Right. I mean, as far as the state park, you don't have to take a boat to get there. It's not on an island. Oh, Key West I is mean, an Key island. I mean, Key West is an island. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of a kind experience visiting Fort Taylor not only provides magnificent natural setting for bird watching and swimming, but also very historical. Uh, it's at the southern edge of Key West. Now, Key West is actually up in, like in the north part of the islands, right? Well, you have the island and then Fort Zachary is kind of like the south west 
section of it. So the cool thing about Fort Taylor is that it predates the Civil War and is a National Historic Monument housing the largest cache of Civil War armament in the world. Isn't the NC again? This is where you wouldn't think you would go all the way to Key West to for Civil War stuff to find all of the Civil War history. Like, you think see, you're going to Tennessee and <laughs> Kentucky and and Georgia, but no. I just had this Keys. image pop into my head of like the Civil War going on and everyone down in the Keys, like, yeah, man, like doing their whole like <laughs> they became Jamaican yeah, all of a sudden too. <laughs> like, they're, like they're down there just chilling out on the beach and and playing their maracas and smoking their cigars and like the whole civil wars going on and Key West is like chill, just chill out. I, well, good. but yes, they have the history. They do have the. I mean, look at that. They have the largest cache of Civil War armament in the world. That's incredible. Yep. Okay, so now we are moving to. Oh, that was it. Would you believe that, Tanya? I finished the list you got in less it. than 30 minutes. Now, you have to remember that when it comes to researching Florida cities, historic cities in Florida, this was like scratching the surface. There is so much history to be had in Florida, and you should investigate. Where are you going? What is there that's historic that you can find? Because I guarantee you, you're going to find something historic wherever you are in Florida. Agreed. All right, so what's your top three? Oh, my top three. I've Well, I need to go to the Dry Tortugas, and I might as well go to Fort Zachary while I'm there. But we have been talking and talking and talking about going to Ybor City, and we need to make this trip a reality. Okay, so I'm going to say um, Fort, yeah, Fort Zachary sounds amazing um, because of the Civil War stuff. I love Civil War stuff. Um, I'd like to do the Dade Battlefield again because I haven't been in a while, and the Henry B. Plant Museum. Sounds like a plan. And now it's time for our featured Florida product of the week. And each week we share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. And this week's feature product is Bullet Blues. Yeah, this is kind of cool. Bullet Blues. Um, you can buy designer jeans and apparel made in America. Bullet Blues custom apparel embraces an American way of living. Considering we were talking about the Civil War. Right. <laughs> Combining superior quality and design and high quality fabrics, Bullet Blues offers American-made clothing that is comfortable, sophisticated, and durable from denim fabrics, from the denim fabrics all the way to the final stitch. They enlist 100% American craftsmanship and resources. And they're based out of Coral Springs. Yep. Bullet so. Blues ca.com nice all right stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out where we're going next week you can follow us on facebook and instagram at florida travel pod and at floridatravelpod.com where we will be sharing our most recent travels hopefully some of the places that we have talked about you've been to and maybe can give us some further insight or if you can think of something you'd like us to talk about please reach out to us you can find us on social or on email at hello at floridatravelpod.com and you can support the Florida Travel Pod by following us or leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. It really does help the algorithm and others discover our content. And if you enjoy our content, consider supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Florida Travel Pod to get shout outs, postcards, stickers, and more. And if you support us, it allows us to dedicate more time to research the best content from the Sunshine State. Hey, but I want to talk about a review. I just I realized I have not mentioned we've got 
gotten a recent review on um, on one of our um, not on our episodes on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, <laughs> yeah. Um, Harmony said this is the best for Florida travel. The podcast is so helpful in planning all fun Florida things. Plus, I love their Florida tips and products. And thank you, Harmony. If you hadn't heard, Harmony has been featured on a couple of our episodes, so you know we that was Harmony. not a solicited review at all. But we love her as well. So. Next week, we're going to go, we're going to hit the road. We're going to talk about road trips again. I'm so excited. Yay, road trips are back. But that's it for this week. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. Stay sunny, everyone. Bye.